0: Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday, April 17th of 2019, and this episode we're going to go over lots of tips, including a great tip on use of images, something that Cyrus Shepard gave us. Every time Cyrus tweets, there's uh, something really, really good in that, so we'll talk about that. Um, we're also going to answer the question as to whether every new page that you submit or that you create should be submitted to Google's index. We'll talk a bit more about Google's massive de-indexing bug and whether that's all resolved just yet and uh, quite a bit more as well. Some of you might notice a change. We're kind of amping up on podcast here. We're getting a bit of a followership followership, and those of you who are listening to this, I greatly, greatly appreciate your feedback. Um, so if you have any tips for us, on what we could do to make the podcast more useful to you, feel free to tweet that at me. I'm at uh, Marie underscore Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, or uh, shoot us a note at help at MarieHaynes.com. Our goal is to, you know, do all we can to give you the most tips on what's happening in SEO and also add in some of my personal insight and uh, thoughts as well. So um, thank you to those of you who have taken time to let us know how the uh, podcast is helping you. Let's get on and we'll start about algorithm updates. So, yeah, this was a really tough week in determining whether or not there was an algorithm update. Um, most of you know that what I usually do is uh, I spend a good amount of time every week looking at all of the Google Analytics profiles that we have access to and seeing if there's a particular date on which a lot of sites saw increases or decreases. And this week was really an odd one. Uh, when I first started out, I thought, oh, it looks like April 8th was a significant change. And then a lot of sites had changes April 9th and some ch- had changes April 2nd, and really anytime between April 2nd to 9th, there's a number of sites that have changes that are beyond your seasonal expected changes. So what does this mean? Um, I think this is probably connected to the massive de-indexing bug. If you weren't listening to last week's episode, um, you know most of you probably know this already. But what happened was there was an issue on Google's side that caused a large number of pages in Google's index to just completely drop out of the index. Uh, and so, of course, a lot of sites are going to see traffic drops. Um, I initially thought, you know, John Mueller had tweeted something saying, uh, sort of hinting that duplicate content could be an issue. And uh, I wondered if maybe the pages that were dropping out of the index were pages that, uh, you know, nobody was actually accessing at all. But uh, I've heard people say that some of their significant pages were dropped out of the index as well. So I think this turbulence that we're seeing in early April is probably connected to this de-indexing bug. Now, According to Google, this bug is fixed. Um, This was something that was tweeted on April 15th by Google Webmasters um and uh what they said was search console still recovering from the indexing issue we reported on last week as a result index coverage and enhancement reports were not updated recently and the url inspector might not reflect live status at the moment i'm seeing all sorts of tweets and conversations from people who are saying hey the cache date on my page is wrong um those of you who are new at seo if you're trying to figure out when Google last cached a page, you can just do a search in your browser bar for cache, C-A-C-H-E, colon, and then the URL that you want to see. And you'll see a little banner at the top of the page that essentially says, the last time we visited this page was on, uh, I know my homepage was like March 31st uh, of 2019. Now here's something interesting to note. If you see that date, so if you see March thirty first, I can feel very confident that on March thirty first, Googlebot visited my homepage and uh, you know looked at it, assessed it for new quality or new content, and uh, and then cached it. Um, but it doesn't mean that that necessarily was the last time that Google visited my page. Uh, and so, how do you figure out when was the last time Google actually crawled your page? You know, cache date gives us some information, but John Miller said in the past that it's possible that Google um, might crawl and index pages but not have a cache for them on that date. So um, uh, what am I trying to say with all of this? I think the point here is, you know, something's broken. Uh, Whatever happened that caused these pages to be de-indexed, you know, was a big, big deal. And I think, I I personally think that down the road, we're going to find out that Google made some massive changes in their infrastructure around this time. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking of this now as I'm recording this. When I was in uh, the Google offices in New York City and John Mueller was there, that was just a couple months ago, uh, a lot of important people from Google were at this meeting. So people flew in from all over the place. Now, maybe Google does this all the time. um, But I think it's certainly possible that Google made a massive change in their engines, basically. Uh, And I've said this before, but if you remember when Hummingbird first came out two months after it came out, Google said, Oh, by the way, we drastically changed our algorithms and nobody noticed. And And then of course, a bunch of SEOs were like, Oh, no, I noticed. Uh, I just didn't say anything. And, you know, I mean, in hindsight, when we looked back, we could say, Oh, yeah, okay, it makes sense that something changed here. But in this case, I think that's probably what we're going to find out. So according to Google, the de-indexing bug is fixed. I see tons of people that are talking about pages that still are not in the index. Um, The question is you know, were they ever in the index, you know, now we're paying attention to it. Um, And maybe they won't get re-indexed. Maybe Google's got a new system of determining uh, which pages are duplicates of others. And um, so there's still a lot of information that we don't have on this issue. If you are still noticing that a lot of your pages are not in Google's index, I would suggest submitting them using the uh, Search Console um, request indexing tool. And uh, But I mean, if you have thousands of pages you there's only so much that you can do so um, really I think most of this issue is resolved but I, I don't think it's a hundred percent cleared up just this yet let's talk about uh, the Google Search Console performance report Google announced back in February that um, starting April 10th so that happened last week that uh, they're gonna consolidate a lot of canonical pages in our search console reports. And this can get really tricky to understand. So I'm gonna tell you how I understand it and it might not be 100%, but the way I understand it is if you have pages that are canonical versions of each other, so let's say you had an m. site for your mobile version and then you also had the regular version of your site and those two pages, you know, the m. version of your homepage and the non-m. version are exactly the same page and they're canonicalized to each other in the past in search console we would see different stats for the MDOT version as for the current uh, the desktop version um, and now apparently all of these statistics are going to be rolled into one and I think a lot of SEOs are not going to like this so I haven't heard people complaining about it uh, I did see some tweets saying that okay now it's live um, we'll see uh, so pay attention to that you know if you have a lot of especially if you're like an e-commerce store, and you have a lot of faceted uh, URLs uh, using different parameters and whatnot, you might find that um, your reporting is significantly different. So we'll probably have more to report on that in the months coming. There's a lot of talk about AMP lately. I think there was a big AMP conference perhaps in Tokyo. I'm not sure exactly where it was, but there was a big AMP conference uh, recently. And um, one of the news, uh, one of the things is uh, that we are now soon going to be able to use JavaScript on AMP pages. It looks like uh, they're calling it AMP script and it's custom types of JavaScript that can be used in An AMP page. And that's actually a really big deal because AMP pages, we know that they're sort of um, slimmed down versions of uh, the regular page so that they can load quickly. So this is neat that we can now start using JavaScript. Uh, I'm not going to go further on that because that's more of a developer topic, but I thought it would be something that most of us would want to, to, to know about. I know a lot of you are not fans of AMP, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon. In fact, Google was talking about About the fact that uh, this is just today AMP stories are soon going to have their own section in the search results and um, so AMP stories I was just talking with my team about this that I really think it's going to be a big thing I could be wrong on this but the idea is it's kind of like an Instagram story Uh, and one of the examples that was given at the conference on AMP was that a general query such as things to do in Tokyo might result in search results that have AMP stories at the top. This is just on mobile. So if somebody is doing a mobile search and says, things to do in Tokyo, uh, the whole above the fold content uh, is apparently going to be taken up with AMP stories. I mean, assuming that there are AMP stories that are available. And the idea is that you can create this story where uh, people can swipe and see images and see text um, as a search result. It's almost like its own little website basically. the way I understand it so I don't have any specific advice on what to do for this just yet but I think that those of us who can get in early on these amp stories will see some very very big benefit from it that's my guess Uh, we'll see if I'm right about that um The other thing too is that AMP stories are going to be reported in Search Console now and uh, so you can get more information uh, on just specifically your stories in Search Console as well. This was an interesting tweet uh, talking about organic position negative one. <laughs> so we had remember when featured snippets came out, and you know nobody really knew what to call them. I think we called we called them a number of different things, and then uh, I think it was Dr. Pete from Moz who coined this term position zero, uh, because we knew that if you rank number one organically. Uh, We know what that is, but featured snippets are above that organic number one ranking. And now they're saying, what does it mean to rank even above that? So I don't know if I agree with the negative one. But the way that you do it is in uh, Google Discover results. And Google Discover is something, again, that it's not hugely widely adopted as far as I can see, but it's very, very valuable. And I use it on a daily basis. So Google Discover, if you have an Android phone, uh, I know I have it on my Pixel phone. I'm not sure if all Android phones have it. Actually, I don't even know if maybe an iOS phone does, but... the point is that uh, it's basically giving you a feed of uh, stories you might be interested in and you can train the feed so for example we went uh, a few months ago to Detroit and we saw the Detroit Pistons play a basketball game now I'm not a big NBA fan Um, football and and hockey are more my my thing but uh, but yeah we went to the game it was fun um, and now Google wants to they think I'm a massive Detroit Pistons fan and so my initially my Google Discover feed was filled Filled with stories about the Pistons, stories about the city of Detroit and sports in Detroit, and um, and so I you have to train the feed. So I basically said, look, I'm not interested in the Detroit Pistons. Or you can say, I would like less information on the Detroit Pistons. And now that I've been doing this for a couple of months, um, Google's feed is actually really good. It gives me information on Fortnite that I really like. It gives me SEO information. Um, you know, it's 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 quite good. So we should be paying attention to. To this Discover feed. Uh, and I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of information about how to rank there. I feel like AMP can give you quite a, um, a benefit, but this is something we should be paying attention to for sure. Let's talk a little bit about site colon searches. So, most of you know that you can do uh, all sorts of things with site colon searches. So, if I want to if I do a search for site colon and no space mariehaines.com, I can see uh, a rough number of how many pages are in the index and then I can, you know, I can uh sort of refine that query, you know. So, let's say I wanted to just see the pages that are on a site's blog. I could go site colon example.com in URL, all one word, I N U R L colon uh, blog, and then I'll see all of the URLs from that particular site that are referencing that have the word blog in it. Um, And so uh, one thing that John Mueller pointed out is that you have to be careful in the counts that site colon gives. So we'll often do something where we'll say, look, your site map says you have 200 pages on your site, and yet when you do a site colon search in Google, there's 100,000 pages. Um, And so that's usually a good sign that there's some type of a thin content issue going on or some type of massive duplication, something that's not really normal. If you only wanna have a small handful of pages indexed and Google's got, you know, a hundred thousand pages indexed, then that's not good. Um, because you want Google to index your highest quality pages. So, um, the site I think John said this a few times his point that he's trying to make I think is to say look you can do some cool stuff with the site colon query but it's not a hundred percent accurate and so if you do a site colon search and you're like "Ooh, my site has 300 pages but I'm only expecting 280 like maybe it was 280 pages it's it's not a big deal so I still think it's useful for surfacing certain pages just to see if Google's got them indexed Um, but we should not be uh, putting a a lot of stock in the actual number that it gives us, um, unless it's wildly different than what we're expecting to see. Somebody asked John Mueller in Reddit about uh, use of block quote. So block quote is an HTML feature um, similar to uh, bolding or um, italics, something like that. And you can use block quote to basically say, hey, we're quoting somebody here. Uh, and you know, in some WordPress themes, it'll make the um, the CSS will make it so that it's it's got a nice curly bracket around it and it looks very much like a quote. But somebody asked John Mueller whether using block quote would help Google to recognize that, hey, I'm not stealing this content. I'm just quoting somebody. And uh, I'm going to read John's response out here. Google doesn't treat block quote or any of the other elements in a special way when it comes to quoting other pages. The important part is really just to make sure that whatever you're publishing has unique value of its own. If it's just a rehash of someone else's content, quoting it with no added value, then that doesn't really leave a good impression, neither to Google or users. For example, if someone were to take this reply and copy it one-to-one, that's actually... Kind of ironic because this is in our newsletter. We did take his quote and we copied it one to one. So he says, and add more information on how duplicate content in general is handled by search engines, um, then that could be quite useful. So here's the point John's saying that if you uh, want to quote somebody, that's fine. You know, as long as you're not taking their entire quote and that's your entire article. Um, if your entire article consists of things that people can just find on other documents, then that's not a good thing. Um, putting it in block quote doesn't give it any special. It's not like Google says, oh, okay, I see you're quoting, so we're not going to treat this as duplicate content. You know, it's, so use block quote. I, I kind of use that as a design element. Um, I don't think it has any impact in uh, Google's assessment of quality for a page or a page's ability to rank Does Google use HTML to text ratio in ranking? So a lot of the audit tools um, we use, uh, we've been using a lot lately, the SEMrush site audit to do a a quick crawl of a site and uh, they'll often tell us that certain pages have a low text to html ratio so that means uh, just like it sounds that uh, if you look at the ratio of how much actual text is on the page for a user to read as compared to the other elements on the page uh, it, sometimes it can be a way to find the thin content on your site but it's important to know that just because a tool flags a page as low text to html ratio it doesn't mean necessarily that that page is thin uh, and so So what we do is we'll use that section of the SEMrush report to essentially say, um, okay, let's look at these pages. And then we make a manual decision. We make a decision with our brains as opposed to a tool to say, like, is this a page that somebody would want to land on from search? Um, And if, you know, they have lots of these pages where they have low text to HTML ratio and nobody's ever landing on them, you know, we'll often look at Google Analytics data to, to determine that as well then these might be thin. We're really finding one of the best ways to find thin content for a site is to look in search console in uh, the index coverage report and it'll tell you the pages that are discovered. I think it says crawled, but not currently indexed. Uh, And a lot of the time these pages that are low text to HTML ratio will appear in there as well. So again, it's not like you can say, oh my goodness, Google, crawled this page and they didn't index it it must be low quality um, but if you look at the patterns and what we'll often see is that a site will have many many pages that fit this exact pattern uh, and so um, I think it's just something to know. Uh, I Again like it's it's something that can help you make decisions but we wouldn't make decisions based a hundred percent on this metric. Somebody asked John Mueller on Twitter about uh, a page that they were trying to run through um gosh, I want to say fetch and render, but I think now it's, what is it called in the new search console? uh, You can see a rendering preview of it anyhow, same as what it used to be with fetch and render. And um, when they did this, their page, they couldn't see the CSS on their page. So uh, it was basically just plain text with uh, plain text links. And they wanted to know whether that was an issue if you're seeing that on render. So Google said, uh, if we can't render that page with normal CSS, we might not recognize that it's mobile friendly so um, that's a that's a big deal you know so if if you were doing a site review or looking at one of your own pages and you see that uh, you know you're getting this weird like there's no design elements there's just plain text in what Google's rendering I'd run that through the mobile friendly test tool from Google and see if uh, if they're flagging the page as not mobile friendly Um, that usually is something that you want to fix so let's see what else, we'll, uh, we're almost through the list here. Somebody asked whether we should be submitting every new page on the site to the index. So years ago, gosh, I wanna say like going back 10 years or so, um, maybe even longer, every time we published a new page we would um, submit it to google's index as much as we could you know and and the idea was it'll get indexed more quickly uh and google you know is more likely to index it if we've submitted it and now that's really not so much the case. Um, John says, as long as there's a link somewhere to the content, Google's going to discover it and uh, and it will get indexed. So what I do is I will only request indexing for a page that I really, really urgently want to get it in the index. You know, if I've written a, a blog post that very few people are likely to land on from search in the next two days, uh, you know, I'll, I'll maybe just leave it for Google to find it on its own. Um, I'll link to it internally from a number of places and usually Google can index that pretty quickly but uh, there's still the odd page where we say look we really want to get this in the index as soon as we can and we'll still submit those. So you don't need to be submitting every single page Um, but if you want a page to get indexed quicker there's a chance that that'll happen by submitting it to the index. This is the tip I was talking about from Cyrus Shepard. He was talking about trying to decide whether an image is high quality enough to add to your post. And what he said was ask yourself, will people want to steal your image? And if the answer is yes, then it's a good image to use. If the answer is no, then consider something else. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, like the uniqueness of an image is not a ranking factor. If you have a fantastic article and you've used stock photography in it, it's probably gonna rank just as well as an article that has its own images. I don't think that Google has um, any particular metric that says, oh, this page has unique images, so that's a higher sign of quality. That said though, users often... Can figure that type of thing out. So, I actually, we were doing a site review just this week for a a site, and we were looking at some of the reviews that uh, people had left online for this business. And one of the reviews said, Yeah, the information's okay, but every page is just filled with stock images of babies sleeping. Um, And if you can get past that, you know, the information's all right. So, I really do feel like if you can the more you can do to get users to say wow this site is incredible the better. And so while it's not a direct ranking factor to have unique images, it can make people say like, oh, wow, this page is more helpful than all the other pages that are on this topic. So as much as you can, I would really try to use unique images. I don't think they have to be, you know, professional photographer quality images. Um, One of my most recent posts, I put a picture in uh, that um, my daughter had drawn. (laughs) She She asked me if she draws a picture of a penguin Would I include it in my work? And I was like, yes, of course I will. So um, that's just a point to know is, you know, try to do, try to put quality into every one of your pages rather than the bare minimum, because this is what Google's trying to measure is uh, the pages that are the best for users, the ones that users like the most, they really want to rank those the best. Um. Somebody noticed that uh, for people who are using Vimeo, which is a video platform, that uh, there's now featured snippets appearing that use the description from a Vime- Vimeo video. That's hard to say, Vimeo video. And so this is a new thing. I haven't seen this before. Uh, I know I looked into Vimeo many years ago when I was creating a course on Penguin, I think it was, and uh, I didn't end up going with them. But I know a lot of people did. So, um, so yeah. So if you use Vimeo, you may want to check and see if you're winning any featured snippets. Um, and if you see that some of your competitors are winning featured snippets with Vimeo, then you can play around with it. You know, maybe it's a good thing for you to use. Uh, maybe you could get the same featured snippet with a YouTube video. I don't know, but it's worth, uh, worth checking out for sure. Um, somebody did a test on, uh, it was Max Sirik. I'm, my apologies if I've mispronounced your name. Uh, Talking about rel preven next. So, we mentioned recently that Google just suddenly realized that, oh, we don't actually use rel preven next for indexing. So, you know, you probably don't need to include it. And then other people said, well, there's good reasons to include it beyond that. Honestly, I don't think I would spend a crazy amount of time on Rel Preven Next unless it was a special case, uh, maybe an accessibility case or something. Um, but this test by Max is really, really interesting. What he wanted to do, and this test was actually run before Google announced that they don't use RHEL Preven Next. So from what I understand, because it's a very complicated test, he took content and divided it into... 50 different categories and basically siloed the content. So meaning that he changed the URL structure um, to make it into more distinct silos in terms of the um, categories that they're in. And uh, that usually you know, improves um, crawlability, uh, improves um, easy navigation by users. And uh, there's really good reasons to do that. We find that our clients. We have one client that uh, we advised on this at the end of last year, and they saw this massive jump in traffic within a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, like, oh, oh gosh, almost a hundred percent. It was, it was fantastic. Now, not every case is going to uh, be like that. Um, this was a case where just users couldn't figure out how to get to pages on their website, so um, that really helped. Anyhow, in Max's test. Um, what he was hoping for was that this new site structure would speed up crawling and indexing, and it didn't, according to what uh, his tests showed. Um, and so uh, he also had some stuff in there about rel Previous and Next, thinking that um, those uh, the use or the not use of it would impact Google's ability to index pages, to find pages, and really it didn't seem to make a difference either way. So that sort of clarifies that, yeah, I don't think Google is using rel Previous and Next in their algorithms. There was an interesting post on the deep Crawl blog about which version of Chrome Google's using uh, for rendering pages. So when you run a fetch and render, um, Google's told us that it's version 41 of Chrome that actually renders the content uh, and that happens as well when you, uh, you know, even if you're not running fetch and render but if you're just trying to get a page indexed uh, and it's got all these features, you know, some fancy JavaScript or something like that. Um, we've known for a while now that Google uses Chrome 41, but this is really interesting. The tests that Alec and uh, Bertram from Deep Crawl did, uh, or ooh, I'm not sure if Alec is from Deep Crawl, my apologies. He tweeted about it at least. The tests that Deep Crawl did were, um... Basically looking at features that only became available with recent versions of Chrome. So one of them, and I don't understand what these features are. There's different types of JavaScript uh, scripts and tools and stuff that can be used um, uh, by certain versions of Chrome. And so one of the things that Google was able to render uh, is something that only came out in version 69 of Chrome. And then there are things in version 70 of Chrome that Google isn't able to render. So Deep Crawl is thinking that either, number one, uh, Google is actually rendering now with version 69 of Chrome, or number two, it's still version 41, but they've patched things to allow for these other new features. So I know that seems like super complicated and not really interesting probably to most of you. Uh, but the point that I'm trying to make is, and this is more of a point for developers than for SEOs, I think. Although really, I think an SEO should be able to assess this. Is if you're rendering pages um, and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out, if you have content on your page that is dependent on some funky gr- JavaScript or some other tool, tool or widget, you really, really need to make sure that Google is able to render that. So let's say you had content that was in some sort of a light box and the light box used this really fancy JavaScript uh, to be seen. Um, If that content is important to the page, you really, really want to make sure that Google can see the content and can understand what it is. And again, fetch and render or in new search console, just um, requesting a screenshot of the page really should tell you uh, whether everything's rendering properly. Okay, a couple more things here. Um, YouTube, I you know, this is not really an SEO thing, but I think a lot of you will find it interesting. They're actually testing some new metrics now to determine which videos they should rank uh, highly. And at this point, um, prior to this test, Really, their rankings are based on views and uh, comments and likes. It's basically user engagement. But this new internal metric, they call it quality watch time. And it's apparently taken them two years to develop this. And what they're trying to do is figure out which type of content um, really, really uh, means that people are enjoying it, that that there's quality watch time. Um, and, you know, I find it interesting... This is probably a different algorithm altogether, but recently I've been watching a lot of Fortnite content and uh, there's a couple of really good content producers for Fortnite that I really like and I would like to support them, you know, uh, and so sometimes what I'll do is I'll say, well, I'm going to go ahead and watch the ads on this video uh, and maybe that'll support the uh, content creator. And what I found was after I did that for a couple of days, all of a sudden Google, instead of showing me eight second ads, they're showing me 30 second ads. And then when I watched those, now they're showing me not only two minute ads, but it says ad number one of two. They think I could watch four minutes of ads and still support this creator, so that's a little excessive for me. And I'll still watch the odd ad, but I'm not going to watch four minutes of ads to, um, you know, to watch my uh, two-minute video that I wanted to watch. Well, they're usually longer than that. Um, the reason why I included this in newsletter is that Google's getting better at figuring out what actually is quality. So back in the day when uh, when I first got into SEO, you know, Google couldn't determine quality. They could look at things like, are there keywords on the page? Are there, um, you know, links pointing to the page? They can look at these easy to measure metrics. And uh, I'm sure they're probably using some machine learning for this. Um, so nothing practical that we want to do to change anything in our YouTube videos just now other than make them the highest quality we can Um, but I just wanted to include this to say you know like stop focusing on how can I trick Google into thinking that my page is high quality and then actually producing super high quality pages and that's really the best way to go. A couple of local SEO tips. Uh, There's apparently a bug in Google My Business categories. Um, If you've tried to change the category for your client or for your site and the category is not sticking, like the change is not sticking, then this is a bug. And uh, apparently if you just do it a second time, it'll work. Um, So we've got information in the newsletter uh, on this and um, uh, you can there's a link to the local search forum where there's a, a better discussion on all of that and one thing that um, somebody's noticed here uh, Andy Simpson tweeted about this that um, for Q&A in Google My Business so question and answer uh, now we're seeing a little thing where you can mark an answer as the best answer so if you're doing local SEO and your client has um, uh, a Q&A section, then you can ask your own questions and you can mark your own questions as best answers. So if somebody has asked a question that, you know, is inflammatory to your business somehow, then get more questions on there because the questions that are marked as best answer are probably going to appear higher In search results. So that's all that we're going to talk about today. Uh, You know, it amazes me how we can have so much to talk about. I could probably go on for hours and hours. I love talking about SEO. Um, If you want to reach myself or my team, our email address is help at Marie And I love when people tweet at me, uh, Marie underscore Haynes. And um, you may have noticed I'm spending less time on Twitter now. My team is uh, doing some more work in curating content for newsletter, but uh, I'm still a couple hours a day on Twitter. So if you want to reach me uh, with a quick question, that's usually the best way to get me. Um we are really close to launching uh, a white label service for link auditing if you're at all interested in becoming um, a white label client of ours. So basically we can uh, we can either use your branding or we can um, use our branding. You know, there's lots of different ways we can do it. We're soon going to be launching that. So if you're interested in being one of our uh, beta testers for this um, thing and making some money off of link audits for your clients, then um, then reach out to us. Again, help at mariehaines.com and then we're about to hire. Now um, we're going to hire a, a junior role, an assistant. So we're going to be doing some interviews this week. Um, there's probably still a tiny bit of time to get a resume in if you uh, are local to us. It's in our office here in Kanata. Uh, but I think we've pretty much closed the application process. So um, if you're just hearing this now and you live in this area and you're desperate to come work with us, which is a really good thing to be, then uh, you know, reach out to us as well, and we'll we'll find a way to uh, to look at your resume. Um, so that's all the news that we have I'm about to uh, head off home soon um, those of you who know that I'm getting super addicted to Fortnite this is really kind of crazy I just bought myself a new Xbox Elite controller um, which is fantastic and so now my brain needs to figure out what the new buttons are it's uh, it's it's very challenging to like remap the signals in my brain that say okay when you want to jump press this <laughs> um, but I'm enjoying it and I'm not about to leave and go Fortnite Pro just yet, but uh, maybe one day we'll see. (laughs) Just kidding. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings this week and um, hopefully we will connect soon.